This is episode five with Kyra Andrzejic, freediving teacher, instructor, trainer, and business owner who herself has freedived down to 57 meters and back on a single breath. Welcome to the Wild Ones with Cam Miller podcast. I'm your host, Cam Miller, and I'm a coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and founder of what has twice been the UK Babywear brand of the year. For the last few years, I've been supporting people around the globe to reconnect with the wild innate strength within themselves so that they can rapidly realize their goals and build incredible lives. The purpose of the Wild Ones podcast is to connect those creating wild, free, incredible lives and to share the knowledge, tools and skills we need to spend more of our time doing the things we love with the people we love when we like. If you're inspired by this podcast episode, Subscribe to the podcast and head over to cam-miller.com where you can check out and sign up for my free weekly growth guide email. It works hand in hand with the podcast to provide you with a steady stream of motivation, knowledge and practices to fuel and guide your own wild, free, incredible journey through life. In this episode, I'm interviewing Kyra Andrzejic. Kyra is a freediver, instructor, and entrepreneur of international renown who was forced to leave school at an early age. She found her feet quickly with an apprenticeship in hairdressing, which she still loves doing along with yoga teaching, while her young freediving business grows in step with the sport's red-hot popularity due to the stunning experiences and imagery it offers. If you'd like to learn how to craft a diverse, passion-filled career, if you'd like to learn how to get your own passion-led business off the ground, or if you'd simply like to learn about the incredible sport of freediving and how you can get into it, then this episode is for you. Welcome, Kyra. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Cam, for having me. Always feels a pleasure doing these things. (laughs) Awesome. Well, look, I think the, the first thing I wanted to dive in, you know, you're obviously a um, freediving and yoga instructor and business owner. I wanted to understand what were the first inclinations you maybe had that, uh, uh, or looking back, what were the signs maybe in early childhood or earlier in life that, that this might be where you end up in terms of career? Look, it's, it's actually, um, it's really hard to say because, I think there were so many small things contributing to that along the way. Uh, the first thing that pops into my head when you said that, especially about being young, was memories of my older brother and I. You know, we grew up with a swimming pool. We grew up five minutes away from the beach. Um, I, I don't know. My parents always, you know, overhear them still to this day telling their friends how much they just couldn't take me out of the water. So I definitely always had that, um, like, c- connection to water. Yep. Even even if that started in a pool or the beach, but freediving, um, you know, it was never something that that sprung to my mind when I was young to have a career out of. I just thought that the beach was something that you do on your days off, or yeah. you know, in your time off, or definitely for like mental health. Um, and I and I think that was the biggest turning point for me was just realizing how freediving in particular. So. Oh, I've kind of gone so far into your question here. However, <laughs> no, let's go, let's go deep. What's what freediving is yeah. all about, right? <laughs> right. 
exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I did. I did my like I did a as a student like a level one course. Um, you know, at the start of two thousand and fifteen, and previously to that, I was always free diving without calling it free diving. And however, it was in a course where I really learned so much more about your breath and how much you can really alter your your mood through your breath, yep. alter your mind, alter your body, and combining that with the feeling that being under the water really gave me I just I just took this as something uh, that that I want to do I felt I'm very I think I'm very lucky I always felt like really quite naturally um good at this but but being able to to spread that just sparked something in me that made me want to go and turn that into a profession you know yeah and and that's pretty interesting actually you mentioned that you were you know, you were pretty good at it. You were you, um, you know, how did you kind of realize that you sort of had skill in, in, in this area? Was it just through general sort of swimming or watermanship or, or things like that? Or was it actually through the experience of free diving itself? Yeah, I, I don't know really when I, I suppose that that moment clicked for me when I would as a student in my level one course and to yep. watch some other people like, you know, have some little problems that you overcome. And obviously now as a teacher, I see that in so many other people, whereas I definitely didn't. Um, I so, And I think that's just because I was always doing um, it. I, I remember one time, so when, when I first met Leon, my partner, this is like seven or eight years ago now, when we first met and we went cliff jumping, right? Yeah. In Melbourne. And um, we jumped off the cliffs so in the water. And I remember him saying, because he's a water person too, but we didn't really know that when we first met each other. <laughs> and I remember him saying to me one day, like, I'll teach you how to duck dive. And, and I just looked at him and kind of had this smirk and I just duck dived down and came up with a handful of sand. You know, it was like, yeah, I'll, I don't know, I'll, always uh, something. How about I teach you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that is what ended up happening. But yeah, yeah. I, I like it. And so that was yeah. kind of 2015. You mentioned was the 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 course. What was yeah. your kind of career trajectory like in between that? What what sort of things did you do before kind of um, yeah. really clicking on the I guess the free diving career path? Yeah. So that's the thing. I actually I um, finished school when I was 15. I just finished year 10 and I had something happen to me at school um, that that just made me not really want to be there anymore. And yeah. I never really um, I never really had like a complete favorite subject. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't I don't think I was like particularly great at any subject or even probably my willingness to really try. Yeah. And so Actually, I started an apprenticeship and I started hairdressing when I was young. And so I went through, we did like a four-year apprenticeship back then. And I stayed on working at this salon for years. And like, it, it was amazing when I was that age. And, I, and I've seen it still when I'm in the salon and I see other young girls come through and they're just so, it, it's such a, or, or men, but young yeah. people coming through and to not have, like a guidance or really no, but just giving something a go or either that works or it doesn't. Um, 
I feel really lucky that it worked because I met really incredible people. I really grew up in that time and and I have that trade behind me. I always feel like it's a safety net, you know. Yeah, gotcha. Um, however, some of my friends, um, you know, into hairdressing, they went on to have their own salons or do all this other like business stuff in hairdressing and and I don't know, that wasn't I, I like my time there. I still enjoy hairdressing. I like I like making someone feel good, but it wasn't um I don't know, it wasn't until I could really turn my life around with the freediving that it's funny, it seems like polar opposites and it kind of is, but it just worked. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. No, I, I like it. And so, you know, you were you were hairdressing and then the freediving course, that was uh, your hairdressing, was it in Perth, Western Australia, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, for a while, I then moved to Melbourne and did some hairdressing there just for a, a change. Um, I was so ready to leave Melbourne until I went and saw the coast, like down the peninsula and the water there being really amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. So It's so beautiful. Um, and then just kind of stayed there for a little bit and that's when like I met Leon in Melbourne and then he and I we used to do like the winters in Victoria and then come up to Exmouth the northwest of WA which is where I am now and same thing I was hairdressing and and do you know what Cam like I'm actually now even with Salty Hearts and the business all running and being really busy with that I'm still doing two days during the week in the salon and I think for me that that feels it's a really good balance <laughs> again being polar opposites but it's so nice for me to have that as like this safety net of I don't know it's, it's only two days a week but it's like income coming into my bank while at the moment like my business it's still small it's busy but it's still like feeding itself you know yeah, no, no, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people, um, one, it's nice just to have the diversity, working with different people, different environments, etc. You've obviously spent a lot of time investing in the craft of hairdressing, and I find that when we invest in these sort of skills, and we often invest in them because we enjoy them, it's an, an enjoyable activity. So it's something you want to keep doing. I think if we if we find a passion, you know, we often don't want to smother it as well, right? That we want we don't want to um, like I love kites surfing for instance and freediving as well but you know i don't want to be kite surfing all day every day or to get a bit boring or get a bit uh i say it's like it's a it's nice to have a, a diversity of passions in life and they require continual investment so no i like it and in terms of the uh freediving course then when it sort of started i guess turning was it from passion to profession was that was yeah. that overseas was it was that when you were in thailand that you ended up doing that course yeah so I, I uh, went over to Thailand, to Koh Tao. It's a small island. It's a diving island. It's on the kind of path everyone travels through. It's this tiny place um, surrounded by reef and so, so many scuba schools. Like I think pre-COVID, it was close to 90 scuba schools on this tiny island. Um, and amongst all of that, there were a few freediving schools. And so, yeah, I went over there to, with the idea of like doing my level two, three training to become an instructor. And it all went really well. I learned so much in that time. It was um, so much fun, tiring, but 
but really incredible, just really immersing yourself in just that one thing. And I remember it was like the end of the instructor course and me and my friends who we did this together, you know, we're like, okay, cool, we'll celebrate. You know, we haven't been drinking for months. Like, oh, well, like, let, let's go out and have a drink. Like, we're free to have instructors. And then at, at this point, it was like, can you work tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that was to me and, and one of the other uh, guys that were in the course and we both just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We'll teach our first course. Amazing. Like, wow, that's, and, um, that's perfect because I imagine some people, you know, let it slip. They have the intention to move into teaching and instructing after doing the course. I know it's the case with a lot of yoga instructors as well, but often the longer they leave it, the harder it then it gets to start and, uh, you know, the, the moment is gone. So I think it's, it sounds like yeah. it was a great um, you know, piece of fortune that you had this opportunity just to dive straight into it really. Like, quite literally yeah, no, no pun intended <laughs> well yeah actually definitely a pun intended <laughs> no um, I, I, it was it was so good and and yeah from there it just went on you know we planned to stay in Thailand for a few months do this keep traveling on and I was there for three and a half years so yeah wow so it was through this that you know te- you're teaching most days I got some really other awesome opportunities through that. But going back to what, what you mentioned, it is so true. And even in, in this town where I am, there's actually quite a lot of freedive instructors. And I know so many freedive instructors. Yeah. However, sometimes with freediving, it is just something else to, to tick off the list. You know, it's like yeah. the, the next thing. It's like... Um, you know, you do level one, two, three, train for a bit. Oh, I'll just do this for myself. And and you don't get that like practical element of of really getting your teaching in. Whereas, yeah, got you. yeah it was awesome. Well, that's, that's the thing, you know, free diving. Um, you know, I think it wasn't on the radar for a lot of people until the mm-hmm. last few years. And I imagine, you know, it feels to me like maybe it, it was it welling up in Thailand before it was in Australia. Or has this sort of been just a worldwide phenomenon? And, and what do you think's kind of kicked it off really? Yeah, so there were there are a few places in the world that were kind of hot spots for courses. So Thailand was definitely one of them, and I would say more so for how busy the island is rather yeah. than the destination itself. I mean, Koh Tao is stunning. However, you have other places that have, um, you know, like sixty meter visibility compared to twenty meter in, in the good season. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds pretty magic to a lot of people, you know, for people that haven't spent much time underwater, you know, often in in Perth and different things, you know, even uh, scuba diving, a few meters visibility, you can have a pretty, pretty good time. But, you know, we had, I think when I did my course with you up in Exmouth, it was in the 10 to 15 meter range. And that was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, 20 to 60 meters is just like uh, unreal, I imagine. Yeah, it's it's and it's something else actually it's it's even can sometimes be like really daunting because because you're just looking into clear I I think that's the only time where you really feel like um you know you're almost really suspended in nothing when it's that that yeah, it's funny um, you mentioned that actually because I remember I had this moment it was um in Ibiza 
you know, I was there partying with friends, spending a, a couple of weeks there as I used to do a bit uh, back in the day. But it was something about um, swam out into the water with friends one day and just lying there on my back. And I think the water temperature was just absolutely perfect. So I don't think there was any discrepancy between the temperature of my body uh, and the water. Mm -hmm. And I was lying in there. And obviously, we spend most of our lives, I think this is a quote on your website, actually, from uh, maybe is it Jack Cousteau or somebody like that. You know, we spend most of our lives with the weight of gravity on us. So take us out of that gravity environment, and then into this sort of uh, water environment where the temperature is similar, and you just, you literally feel like you're just floating in nothing and all of the weight, etc, has been taken off your body. So I can I can definitely uh, relate to that experience both from that and from from the course as well. Um, yeah, look, that's that really is one of the best ways to put it, and I think you'll agree with me that going back to that question about why I think it all really like like elevated around the world um, quite fast because freediving is something that has been around for a really long time, and it's definitely like was a lot more niche. Yeah. And now how popular it has become. And I and I normally talk about this in, in a course. I probably already told you this, Cam. Yeah, um, yeah. His <laughs> <is> photos. <laughs> I think we live in a world of social media and yeah, we see definitely. these incredible underwater photos and it sparks something in us to want to feel that or try that or or something like that. And that, that seems so quite literally shallow. But then I really believe that as soon as someone touches on freediving, it does something else. I think it's like this, um, I, I always say it's the closest thing to meditation without actually meditating. Yeah. And, and it's that feeling as you just described, like the feeling of gravity, like literally like all of this stuff on your, this weight on your body mentally and physically. And then you can just sink beneath the surface, yeah. be completely free without weight and, your mind, you know, you're not thinking about what's for dinner. You're just thinking of how beautiful that moment really is. So, so I think I think that feeling is pretty addictive. It's it's like a natural high, right? So yeah, absolutely. You all want to taste that, and and then it just spreads and spreads and becomes this thing that everyone wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally understand having done it myself. And so in many respects, you followed, I guess, your heart, your intuition, this feeling, you know, the flow state, et cetera, into the instruction. And then you spent three years in Thailand. At what point did you start thinking, actually, you know, maybe I could create my own business in the space? And what was the thought process between making the move to Xmouth, et cetera, and uh, executing on that vision? Yeah, so... There was like a little more going on before the move back to Australia, really. And I had, uh, I kind of jumped on, on an opportunity to do a little bit of training in the Philippines and be able to like learn how to create instructors. So not only can yeah. I uh, create, you know, do student level courses, yeah. but helping other people achieve their dreams by them being able to have, you know, create freedivers as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. So, so I think it was through that, like, you know, there's not, there's not so, okay, there are, there probably are so many instructor trainers, but in comparison to freedive instructors or active instructors, you know, there just wasn't like so many of them. There's definitely not so many of them in Australia. Yeah. And, and I just saw, 
like I always thought it, it, it is what I want to do. I loved, I've loved every moment of teaching freediving that, that to come back to Australia and particularly in WA, there are a few places offering freediving, but yeah. not really like a centre or, or anything like that that's purely freediving. Um, and XMAP being the last place that I lived before Asia, um, I just thought, well, there's that little gap there, so why not fill it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, you would have, you know, relative to a lot of Australians anyway, had pretty, you know, unique skill set in terms of the depth I think you went into in terms of your training and the the daily rigor over many, many days over the course of the year in Thailand and the Philippines as well. And then it sounds like, as you said, you know, there was, uh, you know, a place where you were familiar with back in Australia also just happened to be, you know, one of the very best uh, places to free dive in the world in terms of clarity of water, um, you know, beautiful weather, uh, nice and warm and hot, which, you know, is a problem for a lot of people in terms of the temperature uh, of the water, et cetera, but also just such an abundance of marine life. Like when I was up there on the course, just massive fish, turtles, um, whales, et cetera, you know, the Exmouth. For the people that don't know Exmouth, maybe could you just describe a little bit maybe where it is and what what sort of place uh, it is and what it means to you? Yeah, well, it's um, it, it's this huge fringing reef, meaning like it's so close to it's it's so close to the shore. You know, when we talk about the Great Barrier Reef, you're you're getting out there through through boats or you're traveling like a distance. And sure, we still use boats here. However, there are like some beaches that we can just like swim out to this reef. That's how yeah. close it is to the shore. So that in itself, I think, is completely remarkable. Um, I think you did such a good job there, Cam, of explaining just how <laughs> diverse and the, the marine life really is. It's, you know, anything from the tiniest little macro animals to, to these huge animals and, and going back to freediving amongst this, I really don't think there's that many places in the world where for a duration of time of the year, like quite a few months, you you're able to not only see but hear these the wet the song of the whales while you're free diving on the line is just it's so um you can't compare it to anything else it's super magical yeah it's it's magic as you as you experience when you're doing of course and maybe uh maybe it's worthwhile we we segue into that actually because um you know your brand that you created is uh salty hearts free diving yeah. And as you mentioned, you're doing um, freediver training, which uh, is basically for people just getting into the sport, getting their qualifications, uh, it goes level one, level two, level three, uh, in terms of increasing depth that you're able to go to and the safety and everything around that. Uh, but then you're also doing uh, instruction. And if I understand correctly, uh, yoga and retreats as well. I think it's really interesting, actually, that you know, you're also a yoga teacher as well. Um, there's a lot of similarities in between uh, yoga and I'd say probably the better word is actually a lot of synergies between yoga um, and uh, free diving. And that was something for me that for me, you know, the course uh, just, I happened to end up on it by chance because uh, your cousin recommended it while I was up there. But, you know, for me, actually, when I thought about it, I was like, wow, I really should have thought about doing this a lot sooner just because, you know, I was into 
snorkeling, water guy, uh, yoga, meditation, breathing, challenging myself mentally, et cetera, that it just brought uh, a lot of things together. But, and I think this is an important thing to touch on is a, a lot of people, you know, there's a certain amount of fear or timidity around free diving and going deep, et cetera, that I certainly felt to begin with, but maybe talk us through the process that, you know, you find people, they're, they're brand new, they're beginners at the sport, they're a little bit timid, scared, et cetera. And then how do you take them from there to getting comfortable free diving? Yeah, so so any of those, those little worries or um, anxieties or anything that pops into our mind, like any sort of fear, it's, it's so natural. Um, that's one thing I, I'm always reassuring people of because they, they sometimes see people who are so fearless jumping into the water. But if it's not something that you've done before, you know, I think it's just our body's natural response to have this small fear to it. Yeah. So overcoming that, I really believe uh, you, you've definitely heard me talk about them before, Cam. Into yeah, these absolutely. Three, these kind of three steps to get there. And the first is just knowledge. Uh, I go so in depth in theory, in all these little details, making it really practical, just having this nice understanding of how incredible the human body is and what it's actually doing to to help us, you know, that all aids our freediving. Once you have that kind of knowledge behind you, when you start doing things, it's not as scary. You're not going to hold your breath and put your head in the water and go freak out in your mind like, but how long can I stay here for? Well, well, you understand what's happening. You know these feelings. So that knowledge really, really like kickstarts it all off. And then and then the second one I talk about a lot is technique, just yeah. whether that's refining, relearning, understanding like why we need the, the technique, what it's doing, how to make our technique better. Again, just with like our mind to back all of that up, like the why. And then once we kind of work on those two things, which is my job to to help everyone with, to really create that foundation, that third one is it happens naturally and that's just that flow state, you know? So Yeah. No, I really experienced that. I come on the last, uh, I guess, it was a three-day course that I did. First day, um, you know, in the classroom, doing the education, I had some, I guess, misunderstandings around uh, some of the dangers. I wasn't sure. I had some issues with fainting in the past long time ago around uh, triathlon and stuff like that. I wasn't sure how my body was going to handle it. Um, but through the education, we learned that, um, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions around uh, hyperventilating and how that can be really dangerous for free diving, if I remember correctly, because it overwrites the body's sort of natural defenses against fainting and blackout uh, underwater. So I don't know if you want to uh, dive deeper on that, because I know particularly around sort of uh, novices, it's it's something that really everybody should be aware of. I think everybody should really, uh, if they're diving underwater at any depth or holding their breath at all, they re- should do a free diving course. Um, but do you want to elaborate on that point a little bit? Yeah. So especially with with hyperventilation being so much in yoga and a lot of other techniques like the Wim Hof method or any of these, yep. these breathing practices, there definitely are some benefits to our body and our mind. However, exactly like you just said, as soon as we start holding our breath, in the water or underwater or diving yep. down or even in the pool, wherever it is, 
hyperventilation definitely becomes more dangerous. So a lot of people do a course, they come thinking that, you know, or they could already be, you know, free diving without a course. They come to a yep. course thinking that I'm going to tell them this huge secret in with the breath. And actually our breath, before we, we hold our breath, it, it's so simple. It's so, so, yeah. so simple. <laughs> the whole part. And, and eventually, you know, there are so many other methods, but the most important thing is relaxing, you know. Um, going back to yoga, yeah, going back to yoga, every time we have like a slower exhale, we're really relaxing. It's triggering our parasympathetic nervous system. This is like science, what it's doing to our mind, our body, which is like lowering our heart rate. So add in this slower exhale to a natural breath. And like if if you try this or if anyone is listening to this and you just keep listening and you take this natural breath and you're just starting to slow, extend the exhale, you just just the effects instantly. You know, it's really, really amazing. Yeah, Um, I I like that. I found it really beneficial. And I think as I mentioned to you, often now actually just with my meditation and my breathing i often use the free diving technique just a really slow almost whistling uh exhale as i breathe out and i just recalling as well your definition around hyperventilating i really liked was kind of any form was it of over breathing which is breathing you know too quickly or too deeply etc trying to get too much oxygen in the body that's what increases the risk around fainting etc which you know before the course i wasn't aware of that and many other things which i think i guess combined to we did the coursework then the first day in the pool and then 10 meters on the second day uh and up to 20 meters on the uh final day that it was just this very steady natural progression of, of taking the knowledge and then taking the skills and combining it all together. And it was hard at first uh, learning rescue techniques and doing other different things in the pool. But by the time we perfected them uh, in the ocean, et cetera, it just meant that particularly on that last day, it was just a very flowy, uh, very enjoyable, uh, wonderful. Um, and I would say life-affirming experience that I, I highly recommend that everybody tries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I, I definitely put a lot of planning into the best way for it to work. And I just think in three days, a beginner course and, and beginner course, whether you have zero experience to whether you have lots of experience, but have never officially yep. done a course, I still put these, these same people into the same course. I only take small numbers. So you're able to kind of alter the knowledge or, you know, like alter what you're talking about um, per person, like with the coaching. Um, but but that whole three-day thing, I'd much rather that than cramming in any less or giving less information. And that's where with starting the business, I just, yeah, I, I, I often feel that I'm not the best businesswoman. I'm, I'm, <laughs> really not <laughs> you you can have a business without being a great businesswoman I'm proof yeah. of that I'm learning every day however I know that I I'm a great freedive instructor I know that I'm I really care about what people get out of it and what I give them and at the end of the day I feel I feel so much more um like like grateful not exactly the, the entire yeah. word like I feel richer in knowing that 
you know, yeah. rather than richer with like making things smaller or shorter or faster yeah. and richer in the bank. I definitely feel richer, you know, in my mind and body for what I can give other people. And it's really, really beautiful to share. Yeah, no, that that absolutely came through. Like I, I highly recommend you and uh, Salty Hearts and uh, X Mouth for free diving. But I think for me, two things that really came through exactly what you mentioned was the passion for the sport. Obviously, if you're learning something, it's quite, um, you know, it said there's only four people uh, in the course. It's a really one-to-one sort of or one-to-few system. You really want somebody with the passion and then a deep knowledge and understanding uh, of what you're doing. And then the business I often find that comes, uh, a lot of people create the business um, without that kind of core experience or journey that they're taking people on and and part of that is the passion and part of it is the transference of of knowledge and skills and then I find a lot of people otherwise sort of start a business without those things but those two things are very hard to create particularly in short periods of time whereas the business skills a lot of that can uh, be learned uh, over time and a lot of that is best learned by getting in there getting your hands dirty you can learn a lot of different knowledge from mentors and books and podcasts and other things like that, but you also just want to be learning through the art of doing. So maybe let's segue to that in terms of, you know, what are, what were the key challenges for you in setting up Salty Hearts uh, initially and making, I guess, the, the move into uh, entrepreneurship and working for yourself? Yeah, great question. For me, it was which might have been easy to, to someone else. But for me, it was definitely finding out all of like the, the laws and regulations in terms of insurance or um, being in a heritage listed area, yep. having the right, um, you know, like ticking all those boxes. And, and yeah, I don't know. It, I suppose a lot of it as well was getting an idea out of my head onto the paper. Yep. And, and that's something where... You know, I'm I'm a little bit stubborn at the end of the day. I think it would, <laughs> it would have been so much easier for me to just pay other people to get a lot of things done. But I I just put I I wanted to do it. I wanted to create my logo. I wanted to pick the colors. I wanted yep. to, you know, do this, do that. And I think it's like constantly a work in progress. I just feel really lucky to have had people interested in what I'm doing who who yeah. have that's always helped me along the way. Um, I feel really grateful for that. Yeah, well, I think in terms of setting up the business, obviously one of the key things is um, you know marketing the business. Obviously, if you've got a great product, you've got the passion, you've got the knowledge, the skills, the expertise, etc. Um, then the other key component is actually all right. How do you get people doing these programs and one you know you're in a hot spot where people might just be up in x mouth you know on holiday anyway and can jump into a program two it's a it's a great kind of destination for that but i think three and this is kind of as you mentioned one of the reasons why free diving is so hot but also um you got the ability to create um amazing imagery and video around um the experience uh for yourself and for the people doing it 
which um, you know is very important to people these days. You know, they want to be there and they want to experience it, uh, and that's amazing. But then they want to have the mementos as well. They want to share the experience with people. That's enjoyable for people to take, you know, their tribe, their community along on their journeys with them, so they can pass on the knowledge and um, the insights as well. So, has that has that been a, a key part of your business in terms of uh, the marketing push? It has been at the top of my to-do list for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have recently got brochures around town and the visitor centre at all the businesses that, that have holders for them. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some other things I, I, I want with that marketing, like some more visual stuff around town. Um, but... Again, like I I think next year, the start of next season could get quite overwhelming if it's as busy as this year, you know, it only takes a little bit of word of mouth and, and all of that. And I, I have, I have people, even now it's meant to be low season. It's quite quiet in town and I'm getting an email or a phone call or a message like, like once a day that you know, with someone chatting about when they want to come or what they can get out of it or all of this stuff. And it's so awesome to see that obviously, obviously I would love for it to just blossom even more. I, I think I've just been really, really lucky that being so niche, word of mouth, I'm doing one course a weekend, essentially. It's not like every single day just yeah. yet that I haven't had the need to. And in fact, putting the brochures out really scared me a little <laughs> bit <laughs> because that I think success can sometimes feel scary. I don't know. It can. And, you know, one of the um, obviously getting uh, customers is one of the uh, biggest struggles for most people, but then it can. And I've, I've experienced this with uh, the baby wear business I set up in the, in the UK. You can also quickly become a victim of your success as well in terms of too many people coming in. And it's, it's very important. I know you, when you've got a particular experience, you're trying to share with people, et cetera, that, um, you know, you don't try go too fast and bring too many people in, et cetera, that that can, that can also be a, a challenge on the other side. But I think, you know, one thing that's really captivating, I think is, is your social media uh, and the imagery as well. Um, just so people know, I think we'll touch on this at the end uh, of the interview as well, but what are your, um, what are the handles for Salty Hearts Club uh, and uh, yourself as well? In terms of the business yeah so so salty hearts is is on instagram as salty hearts club um myself oh i've had this name for so many years sometimes i cringe when when people like yourself are making me say it out loud <laughs> can but it's <laughs> um but that one i you know that's just friends and photos of my life but the salty hearts club yeah, I'm, you know, I have heaps of people around me who are incredible at what they do. I've been so lucky to have a friend, Amy, who I use yep. mostly as photographer on courses, who's Ocean Amy. Um, anything she does is incredible. And I also, uh, one of my other friends who's just left town, but he steps in sometimes as well. And Alex, he's incredible. Uh, the, the images on my, my Salty Hearts Club page it's I, I wish I could take credit for it I kind of throw <laughs> it all together but there are other masterminds behind that one 
Yeah. Well, you know, you, it's, I guess it's a, it's a group project in terms of, you know, with the free diving, you're creating the experience and getting people there. And that was one of the things that wasn't really apparent to me um, in when I started doing the course was just how social an activity free diving is that, you know, you put these lines out into the water, uh, but you get a number of people out there because it it cuts down the cost of the boats Mm -hmm. and everything that you're doing, but it's also just more fun and enjoyable and safe, obviously, when you've got plenty of people to buddy up and and dive with. Um, And also, I think for people that are a little bit um, potentially scared about getting in the water and getting in the ocean, that um, for me, it was just the fact that there were a number of people out there you know, we had the boats around and everything that it felt very, very safe. And it wasn't really even something that cropped up in my mind the whole time we're out there. It was quite different to jumping off the back of a boat in the middle of the ocean uh, by yourself kind of thing. And so for me, it's the fact that this it, it is actually a very sort of social activity. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, I know a number of my friends are interested and getting more interested, I would say, in uh, free diving. I've had a lot of people reach out and I'm sure when I release this uh, interview, I'll get a lot more um, as well. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to have more people doing it so that, you know, we can get more uh, more dives going in Perth and then definitely get back up to Exmouth as well. I know uh, I'm starting to think as uh, I, I was earlier today, I've got to get serious about um, spending a bit of time up in Exmouth uh, over this coming season. And what, for people that aren't aware, um, you know, Exmouth, I would say it was probably the hottest uh, travel destination in Western Australia this year with COVID everything. I think it's going to be the same next year that it's just, it's such a wonderful spot. A lot of people have rediscovered it um, with COVID and traveling more domestically rather than internationally. So I definitely encourage people, you know, in your thinking, obviously a lot of, if you're an Australian, uh, a lot of international options may or may not be open at that stage. Um, If you're overseas, Uh, Australian options may or may not be open to you, but I definitely start thinking seriously about uh, getting up to Exmouth and doing your free diving course. And that's not me just being (laughs) um, wanting, wanting more people to go free diving around the world, which is, which is definitely part of it. But, you know, just, I think like yourself, just wanting people to experience this amazing experience because it's, you know, for me, it just brought together so many things. I think you mentioned a number of these um, already, but, mental strengthening but there's also uh the ocean and getting in the water and moving the body um all of these different things the breathing exercises etc that a lot of these things on their own i think for me create uh flow states um but when you put them all together in a in a seamless experience it's it's something to behold and uh you know when you free dive you know, no uh, look around or no spot uh, is exactly the same. There's always something new to explore. And so I think for me, that was one of the big things, um, you know, in terms of the journey was, you know, there was this kind of fear about getting in the water and swimming in the ocean and how deep I could go, uh, et cetera. But what I realized in overcoming uh, with your help, that fear that it opened up a whole lot of new experiences to me um, that I otherwise wouldn't have experienced. My fear would have prevented me from experiencing those things. And you know, one of the absolute highlights was when uh, two humpback whales uh, swam by us just when we happened to be doing, I would say, a free free diving or a bit of a snorkel on the reef yeah. after our free diving on the line. Again, one of the most magical uh, experiences I've had and uh, something that I recommend to everybody. But yeah, what is the season for people to get up into Exmouth in terms of good time? times to go but also I guess the whale season as well yeah well whale 
Wales. Wales can sometimes be a little bit more unpredictable, but I think <laughs> I think the year that the, <laughs> the the season the season really from from March starts getting quite busy here. It's still quite hot in March. It just happens to be now, like the end of December to March, where it's like quite hot uh, with the temperature. So it's fine to come up and visit if you have somewhere to stay, but not necessarily the best for camping. And yeah. then wow sharks normally start, I think that's from about April, May, and they can like kind of go away in August, come back. They're, yeah. they're often around still. And the whales, I'd say, is more towards the mid-year. Um, definitely, like, like personally, I think like uh, July is just like you're, you're guaranteed to like see them, hear them, all of that and all the yeah. months surrounding that time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was seeing him uh, later, later in the year as well. So it's, um, you know, for me um, as a surfer as well, uh, there's different times to visit Um, as a kite surfer as well. It it really opens up the summer here in Australia, which is obviously the winter um, in the uh, Northern hemisphere. Um, So depending on your sport, you know, and that was the other thing for me is it's just, you know, I have these passions that I have, you know, in terms of kite surfing, in terms of surfing, in terms of the work I do, etc. But it was really interesting and exciting for me to kind of discover another one uh, up in Exmouth. And I'm excited to do some more dives. And for me, it'll be my level two, which remind me, I did I did 20 meters um, previously. What's what level two? What are we talking about? Um, so level two is a lot more work on technique. We really introduced the, the free fall, which is something that's as beautiful and daunting as it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of swimming all the way down to depth, we swim to a certain point and then just get into a really nice streamlined position and we're not finning, we're just holding our breath and falling down into into the depths. Again, can sound daunting, but it's quite a beautiful feeling. And so we really focus on that and we can dive up to 30 metres. Wow. I I do often recommend, though, as well, like not only the the levelled courses, but even just line training. Yeah. You can do so much with just getting back out there on, on the line, literally, like, like sometimes, especially if it's been a while for people in between leveled courses, you can get a lot from even if it's a pool session or just coming out for that little bit more coaching, a little bit more more fun, you know, like not saying my, my course isn't fun, but <laughs> no, it definitely, so many- definitely was. I definitely put it in that category. <laughs> it's just uh, so many opportunities with, with what you can do there. No, I love yeah. it. So Thanks, Kara, so much for being um, on the podcast. I think as we've covered, you know, there's a saltyheartsfreediving.com is where they can check out your website and then Salty Hearts Club as well. I highly recommend on Instagram because you've got some amazing imagery up there. And I think I think for me it was, um, you know, it was really interesting actually. I think I mentioned this to you that, you know, it should have been maybe more obvious to me that freediving was something I'd really love. 
But for me, you know, not enough people. I've seen some images uh, online, but nobody had really said, hey, Cam, when you're up in Exmouth, you know, you absolutely need to do a free diving course. <laughs> it was only by luck that I ended up there um, and discovered uh, what you're doing. And I'm so glad I did. So I encourage everybody to dive in, experience uh, the imagery, the photos on that, uh, and then think seriously about um, including it in their future travel plans. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's really, yeah, it's it's still so surreal to to get great feedback. It really is so beautiful. It's why, uh, you know, it makes you always pinch myself that, that I've got this passion business and that I'm so lucky to share it with people like yourself. Yeah, and thank, thanks so much for sharing it with the audience as well. And we'll have to have you back on here soon, Cara. Thank you. So there you have it, guys and girls. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast and head over to cam-miller.com to sign up for my free weekly growth guide email. If you're really loving the podcast, please also share it with family and friends and leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you might be listening on. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. 